Hi. <laughs> there are a lot of new faces out there. I don't know a lot of you. Um, so, I'm Jennifer, as Dad said. <laughs> um, very obviously his daughter. Um, I'm so happy the kids are here today, too. Hi, kids. <laughs> when I was five years old, I was sitting in a church service one day. My dad was preaching, and that was when I first knew that I wanted to be in ministry. So kids are important. <laughs> We've got to listen to what God's saying to us at an early age. Um, I had no idea I'd end up in Thailand, but I knew I wanted to be like my dad when I grew up. So, <laughs> um, Well, let me just... Because there's so many new faces, let me um, start with just like kind of an introduction about myself and what I'm doing over there. I, this is Thailand. <laughs> We're south of China. I don't know if you guys know where that is. It's a really tiny, tiny country um, in Southeast Asia. It's slightly bigger than California, the whole country. So um, we're just a dot on the map. Um, I work with a ministry called Empower International, and we are in Thailand to empower national leaders into ministry. So we do that in a lot of different ways. That's in um, church planning, orphanages, um, community outreaches. We do a bunch of different stuff, just kind of whatever God's calling us to. If there's someone, um, a Thai person maybe that's feeling called into ministry, we come alongside them and support them in whatever way we can, empower them in whatever way we can into ministry. Um, So that's just a really quick overview on what we do for those of you who don't know me. Um, I wanted to start actually by sharing a verse with you guys. Every new year, well, every December, I pray and I ask God to give me a verse for the new year. Um, Just kind of a verse to guide me through. And this was my verse for this year. It's very well known. You guys all probably have heard it a million times. But it's the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Um, I can barely read that without singing the song. I don't know how many others of you can do that. (laughs) I was recently speaking in a church service in one of the villages I work in, and I was sharing that verse, and I said, I'm sorry, I have to sing it for you guys. (laughs) So I sang it in English, because I couldn't do it in Thai. And then they all sang it back to me in Thai, and I was so excited that they knew that that hymn. (laughs) It was just so random. Um... Anyway, this was my verse for the year. So I wanted to share with you guys a couple points. I looked up, well, with my dad being who he is, he taught me to look up words in the dictionary when I read Bible verses. Um, So I looked up the word steadfast, and the dictionary says it means firm in purpose, steady and unwavering. Um, And then I also looked up the word mercy, And it means an act of kindness, compassion, favor, or blessing. So what this verse means is that God's love is not only never-ending, but it's firm, steady, and unwavering. And his acts of kindness, compassion, favor, and blessing are also never-ending. And they're new every morning. Um, That new every morning part is really big for me. 2015 was a hard year. I can admit that to you guys because you're kind of my church family here. It was a rough year for me. I cried a lot of tears. I spent a lot of time just feeling overwhelmed by the darkness in Thailand and feeling like, what could I possibly do to help these people? Um, Just really letting that get me down. And so this was a good verse for me this year because I felt like God was trying to tell me every day was a new day. Um, And every day I needed to focus on 
the mercies that he gave me that day, the blessings that he gave me that day, and not worry about tomorrow. Which, of course, leads me to the, there's a verse, I didn't give you this, Dad, but the verse, everybody knows it as well, Mark, or Matthew 6.34, which says, um, therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. So these verses were just a reminder to me that God's in control, and me worrying about all the darkness and all the bad things happening in Thailand wasn't going to fix anything. So my goal for 2016, and you guys can keep me in your prayers throughout the year, is just to focus on today. Don't let tomorrow overwhelm me. Don't let the bad things that I see in Thailand overwhelm me. But just focus on today and what God's doing today. Um, So that's my goal for this year. I think everybody can do that anywhere we are in the world. Um, I'm not sure what's... Oh, we're back to the map. Okay, so... You guys saw me, well, some of you saw me in August, which wasn't too long ago. As Dad said, we had a team come over, and I I took them all over the country, and we did a bunch of different stuff, and it was a lot of fun. And then I went back. Um, And I have been all over since then. Just so busy, I can't even, it was definitely the busiest six months of my life, the last six months. Um, I've been north, south, east, west, everywhere in Thailand. We've spent, me and my team, I work with four other people, we've been just driving all over the country. We've been in the mountains, new places, places we've been before. Um, There was one weekend where we, I think we counted it up over three days, we spent like 27 hours driving, just driving. Um, But that weekend, we shared the gospel with about 300 people, so it was worth it. Um, But we've just been everywhere. We've been giving out shoes, our shoe outreaches that we do every every December and January. We give out... um, couple thousand pairs of shoes to kids. We've been giving out blankets and clothes and food and just taking the gospel in the places where they've never heard it. Um, it's been really exciting. <laughs> so in December and January, actually up the day before I flew back, flew out here to America a couple weeks ago, I did my last out shoe outreach of, the, of that season. Um, we gave out about 1,500 pairs of shoes. So what that looks like is we just go into a village and um, they're all for kids. We invite all the kids from the village and the neighboring villages and we play games with them and we sing songs with them and we teach them dances and I'm a horrible dancer. I'm not going to show you. Um, but we just have fun with them and then and then we share the gospel with them and we do it a lot over Christmas because that's such an awesome story to tell as far as sharing the gospel with kids. So um, we shared that and we gave away shoes and then just hung out with kids. So we did. We gave out about 1,500 pairs of shoes in December and January. We have about 500 more at the office waiting for me when I get back. So <laughs> I'll jump right back into that. Um, I've done a lot of women's ministry since you saw me last. We've been... We're, my team in Thailand is five people and four of us are women. So we travel a lot and we go into different villages and we just kind of teach godly principles to women. Um, women are somewhat ignored in Thailand. Um, they don't have much status. So we go in and just build them up and show them that they have a place in the world. And um, It's been really good. It's grown. We've gone from about... We used to do maybe a three a year, and now we're doing them every month. We Sometimes we have up to 60 or 70 women show up for one meeting. It's really exciting. Um, just empowering the women alongside... Their, their husbands and their kids. Um, 
we did a, I went to Burma for a week, and we did a pastor's conference. We had about 500 people show up, 500 pastors just from all over Burma. Um, and we spent a week just kind of, well, I didn't do much teaching. I taught the women a little bit. <laughs> but we had some other pastors come in and do some, some empowering in that sense. Um, but I don't have much time. Dad's going to start flashing at me soon. <laughs> um, I tend to ramble, so... Was that that it's hot? Hmm? Was that that it's hot hot in here? Yeah. I'm hot and I'm from Thailand, so you guys have got to be hot. <laughs> um, I haven't been hot since I landed in America. Um, anyway, I'm just going to focus on the kids because that's where my passion lies. So I'm going to really focus on just updating you guys on our kids and mate, though, because that's what that's where my heart is, and that's you guys have been kind of supporting me through that for several years now. Um, our kids are doing really well. They are, um, we have 17 kids right now, between the ages of 5 and 16. Our oldest one just turned 16 two weeks ago. It's just crazy, because I started, when I started going there, he was maybe like 8. It's just weird to me that he's 16 now. <laughs> um, but they're all healthy. They're doing really well in school. They're coming up in the, in the village as leaders, and um, just... It's, it's just really exciting to see what they're doing. They're all ministry-minded. They're focusing on ministry and outreach and speaking to their friends about Jesus and inviting people to church, and it's really cool. Um, I'm going to show you guys some pictures just to keep me on track, um, and then I'll just share because I can ramble on and on about these kids all day long. Um, this is us at Christmas, obviously. <laughs> Um, with three of our girls, three of our little, our youngest girls. This year at Christmas, I decided that I wanted to have a family-style Christmas. We've never done this before. So it was really exciting. I um, found a Christmas tree, obviously a fake one. I actually went to like ten different stores looking for a Christmas tree. And I ended up getting one store to give me this horribly pathetic tree that was on display for way too much money. but um, So I bought a tree, and I bought ornaments, and we went up, and we had a party. And I played Christmas music, and we drank hot chocolate, and we all decorated the tree together on Christmas Eve. And I kind of did our Leaper family stuff. Um, I made them do all this stuff and wear Christmas hats, and it was a lot of fun. The kids were super excited. They'd never seen a Christmas tree before, except in pictures. Um, we, I brought a bunch of extension cords and brought electricity up into their, to their family room area. Area and um, it was just a lot of fun. And then on Christmas morning, we got up really early. We made um, breakfast together. We ate together, and then we sat down and we sang Christmas carols. Um, I had Pastor Tierson, who leads the children's home there, read the Christmas story to all the kids, which is what my dad always did for us growing up. Um, <laughs> so it's tradition. So he read the Christmas story out loud, and then we all prayed together, and then we opened Christmas presents. <laughs> um, just family style. It was it was amazing, and it was so much fun to see the joy on the kids' faces. Um, and you could just tell that they felt loved, which was just really um, warming to my heart that they could feel like they were a part of a family, even though they were, there were 17 of them. And, you know, it's, it's hard to make them feel special sometimes, but um, they felt it that day, and it was really cool. And then we just spent the rest of the day on Christmas just hanging out. We played soccer and badminton and... Um, colored pictures and did crafts and it was a lot of fun so 
that was Christmas. And I wanted to share that with you guys because um, your support here from the church is what allowed me to be able to give them this Christmas. So thank you so much. They enjoyed it, and it also made it easier for me to be away from home on Christmas because I brought my traditions into that home. So thank you guys. Oh, there's the girl on the left. It's a friend of mine that's in Thailand. Um, She moved there last June, maybe, and um, I don't know what you want me to share. <laughs> just She's just a good friend of mine. That I started a Bible study, actually, f- with other missionary women um, in my city last September, I think, and I met her through a friend of a friend. She came to the Bible study, and then I started dragging her along on our outreaches, <laughs> um, and she just fell in, l- in love with the kids at Maytho. She actually just sent me a text message yesterday saying, I'm going to go to Maytho without you. I can't wait for you to come back. So I said, go, please. The kids will be happy to see you. <laughs> anyway, she's, she's been a good friend to me this year. Um, <laughs> so this is one of my favorite pictures from last year. Um, we really focused on teaching the kids in Maytho the importance of outreach this year, This in 2015. We... Um, took them on outreaches every month. Well, they planned outreaches every month. We taught them the importance of it, and then they went out into their village and the neighboring villages and the schools and put on outreaches once a month. Um, This was from an outreach that we did between Christmas and the new year. So right at the end of the year, we took the kids and some of the church members, just family members from the area, we put them in the car and we drove them like 10 hours away doesn't seem like you could get that far, but it was horrible roads. Um, <laughs> we took them like 10 hours away, and we did an outreach in this village that had never heard the gospel before um, because it was so far out there. And we, um, we threw a Christmas party for the village. About 200 people came because they were super confused about why we were there. So they all just showed up, and we used that to our advantage. <laughs> and um, we had a Christmas party, and we gave away blankets and that kind of stuff, and then we shared the gospel. Um, and they made us all get up and sing for them. That part was awful, but that's just because I'm not great at that. Um, but it was really cool because this is when I realized, it was on this outreach that I realized that our kids really didn't need us anymore. <laughs> we, were, we were sharing the gospel and doing this stuff, and then I kind of motioned to our team, like, just step back. And all of our team kind of pulled out, and the kids just kept going. They, they were doing the music, they played games, they did everything on their own, and I thought, this is so cool, this is what I'm here for, is to teach them to do it, and then I can leave. Not that I'm going to leave, but <laughs> that they were able to hold outreaches on their own. I was so, it was like a proud mom moment. I was, it was just really cool to see them do that. Um, you can go next, yeah. This is um, just a few of our girls from Mate, though. They're, this is Phi, Nu, and Amy. And, of course, the white girl in the middle is me. Um, <laughs> but this last year, I spent a lot of time with these girls, especially in the last six months, um, just really discipling them and getting to know them better. I spent a lot of weekends at the children's home in the last, over the last six months um, and just eating with them and doing Bible studies with them and devotions and them asking me questions about my life. And I really just connected with these three girls. Um, so I wanted to show you the picture because I wanted you guys to keep praying for us as we grow closer together and I keep just sharing more with them and growing closer to them. They're all getting to the age where they're about to leave school 
which means in village life, school ends at, I guess what we would call junior high. They're about 14 years old. School ends, and that's when the girls are expected to marry and start families. So, yeah. So, Phi, the girl on the left, is actually finished. She's finishing this year. So, next, next month, April is when school ends in Thailand. So, right now, we're kind of... She has actually she has family in her village actually um, that's trying to get her to come back and they've arranged a marriage for her but she's our leader in the children's home she leads all of our devotions and our worship times and um, so we're, she really wants to go to high school and we've told her we'll pay for you to go to high school we'll pay for you to go to university she wants to go to Bible school and be a missionary um, so keep her in your prayers because her aunts and uncles family members are trying to get her to come back and they're trying to say that they have like legal claim on her and we're trying to say well we raised her she's been in our children's home for eight years um it's kind of a bit of a touchy situation but just keep her in your prayers and then the other two girls will finish school next year so it'll be the same thing um just trying to send them on to high school and give them a better life than getting married at 14 and having kids (laughs) it's heartbreaking (laughs) so um yeah just keep them in your prayers these are the twins. I don't know if some of you guys will remember them. Matthew and Matai. Um, I've shown you pictures of them every year. I don't know how many years I've been doing this. Four or five years I've been showing you guys pictures. This last year, they went through like a huge growth spurt. A year ago, they were shorter than me. <laughs> which is kind of hard to beat because I'm pretty short. <laughs> but now they tower over me. Um, and I just wanted to show you guys a picture and let you know that they're doing really well there. When we got them in our home, they were like maybe eight or nine, and they'd been homeless their whole lives, like just living on the streets. They'd never had schooling or anything, and we put them in school. So they started kindergarten at nine years old. Um, And it was hard for them because all their peers were way above them in school, but now they're 14, and they're, they've caught up with everybody in their school. So they've studied hard. They're doing really well. They're both into soccer and on the soccer league in the area. So, yeah, your prayers have been good for them. This is just one of our outreaches <laughs> um, I, where I was teaching the Christmas story. Um, this was actually all the Meito kids are behind me in the blue shirts. And I kind of sprung it on them that they were going to do a skit right when I started teaching. I said, why don't you guys act it out while I'm telling the Christmas story? And I made them get up and do it. And they had so much fun that they carried it into all of our other outreaches. We had a Mary and a Joseph, and some of them were donkeys and lambs. (laughs) It was a lot of fun. Um, Anyway, that was just just a picture of an outreach. Um, Yeah, and this this is all of them. We, last month, well, Jan- at the end of January, we went in and we did a um, teaching on the armor of God with them. It was so cool. I'm not very creative, so when people give me really good ideas, I kind of just take them and go with them, and then I claim them as mine, but this wasn't my idea. Um, <laughs> we had different stations set up for each piece of the armor, and then we split the kids into different groups, and they kind of worked their way around the station, and each station they... We taught them about what that piece of armor meant, and then they got to make it. So by the time that they'd all gone all the way around, they had the full armor on. (laughs) Um, And it was just really cool to see. And it's stuff that they'll be able to keep. It was really good materials and stuff. But at the end of it, 
you know, if you taught if you taught teenagers in America this kind of stuff, as soon as they could, they would take it off. I would have when I was in high school or junior high, because it's embarrassing. We had to like force them to take it off to go to bed that night. They wore this. We played soccer. We ate dinner. They were all decked out in their armor. And we were saying, "Isn't that uncomfortable?" And they were like, "No." So we had to like make them take it off to take showers and go to bed that night. So it was really cool. It's just a different attitude that they have in the villages that they are appreciative of stuff like this. Um, and it just it makes my heart happy to see it. Um, I think this is the last picture, but this is the whole school in Meito. Um The team that was there last year would have seen the school, but we didn't go into it. Up until recently, we the school just really was against what we were doing in the village. Um, because Thailand's mostly Buddhist and we were, were openly Christian, they were just really like, don't come into our grounds, don't talk to our kids, don't have anything to do with them. And then last year they got a new principal. Um, so in December I went and I met with the principal and I sat down with him and I said, like, what can we do to help you? Is there anything that we can do to support you and support your teachers? And he said, well, why don't you come in and take a day of school. And I said, I don't know what that means, take a day of school. And he said, you can have the whole day, teach him whatever you want. And I said, um, whatever I want? <laughs> can I talk about Jesus? And he said, yeah, whatever you want. Can you teach him English too? And I said, yeah, but are you sure I can talk about Jesus? And he said, whatever you want. So <laughs> I got a team of people together. Um, there was about 15 of us. And we went into the school, and we went from 8.30 to 4.00. They gave us a whole day. So we had different classrooms set up with games and teachings, and we taught them English, but we also taught them a ton of Bible stories. Um, and we pl- played games and just got to pray with them and everything. And then at the end of the day, we brought them all together, and we did a skit and like an outreach type thing. And we gave everybody school supplies, and it was just really fun. And then we brought them all together for the picture. So this was just at the end of the day. And it was such an amazing, like... It was a step in that village that we've been trying to make for years. Just like a wall that we've been trying to break through for eight or nine years and we haven't been able to do it and now we have. Um, It was really exciting. So pray for the school. Um, I connected with a bunch of the teachers there and they were just really happy to have us and I introduced myself and kind of made a connection so when I go back I'm going to go visit them, and um, hopefully this is something that we can keep doing. And then we just we let the kids know. We're, the orphanage, the children's home, is literally like right down the street. Like We just walk back and forth. Um, so we, we just told them we're there. You can come anytime you want. You can come hang out with us, play games, you know, whatever, in the afternoon. So just keep that in your prayers, because that's a big breakthrough for that village. Um, yeah, that's exciting. Okay, so, um, yeah, I'm going to show you guys a video, and then, and then I'll have a time for questions, and you guys can ask me things. I didn't expect to see so many new faces, or I would have kind of given you more of an overview of what I'm doing, but here's the video. There's nearly 400 people who live here, and it's 120 different families that are in the Fall, but God is Lord above them all. Rain, Jesus, rain. The kingdoms of this world become the kingdoms of the risen sun. 
we can do this first. first. Sorry. Um, I wanted to mention we we put a card in all. Not that one. The other one. The one with the pictures. Okay. One in the bulletin. Yeah. You can do that too. But I wanted to tell you guys what the pictures were so that you were aware of what you had. Um. There are two pictures. Yeah, that one. Okay, thank you. <laughs> I couldn't remember which one. So the picture on the top is of me and a little boy. <coughs> Sorry. His name is Peter. I just wanted to let you guys be aware so you could be praying for them. He's actually doing really well. We um, rescued him. Him and his sister were in the begging ring on the border of Thailand and Burma. And they were... I should have shown you a picture of him when we first got him. He was so skinny and so malnourished that we didn't think he was going to make it. He was a little baby. Um, and he'd just been like left in a in a cart his whole life, so he didn't know how to cry. He didn't know how to really ask for anything, and he was just... He was kind of just limp, and we brought him to the home, and now he was actually in that video, like, smiling and dancing. You guys may have seen him at one point. He's the cutest little kid. When I go to the home, he just follows me around everywhere I go, and he he asks me, like, a million questions and never lets me stop. But his name's Peter. And then the other little girl on the bottom, her name's Anna, um, and she was rescued... She was actually, her mom was a prostitute and got pregnant at like 15 and tried to abort her with a hanger. <laughs> I won't go into that because there's kids in the service, but that's why her face is a little messed up because um, obviously it was unsuccessful and she came out and was abandoned. So we, we brought her into the home and she's had, I think, five different surgeries to repair damage at this point, but she's doing pretty well. <laughs> um, we're just keeping her in our prayers and... Um, yeah, she just just keep praying for her. Her name's Anna. Okay. Yeah. So, um, how can you partner with me? Um, with there is a little paper in your bolt. Is this in the bulletin? They just handed them out. Okay. Um, this is kind of just if you guys could fill this out. If you no pressure, but if you want to, and um, put it in the offering if you do, because it just lets me kind of keep track and be aware. The first way that you can partner with me is through prayer. Um, honestly, prayers are what get me through. That's what I I covet the most, I guess, is um, your prayer support because it's hard to be in Thailand sometimes. And it's the strength I get from prayers is definitely felt. So if you're willing to pray for me regularly and pray for our ministry regularly, just check that um, and put your name on the bottom so that I... I just encourages me to know that people are doing that. And then the other way that you can you can support me is just through finances. Um, you can do. A, we're gonna. I feel, I feel like I shouldn't be saying this myself. I'm like advertising myself. Um, we're gonna do a one-time like love offering today, <laughs> so you guys can give a one-time gift, and that'll help me. I'm gonna be traveling for the next two months all over California. I'm going to Texas, Oregon, Washington, Nevada, all over the place, um, just meeting with people and sharing the ministry. So that'll help me with that as well as getting back to Thailand. Um, but one of my biggest needs is I'm looking for more monthly support. So um, I'm hoping to raise about four to five hundred more dollars a month um and if that can you guys can help in any way that would be great anything from five dollars or one dollar a month (laughs) anything would be helpful so if you can if you feel led to do that you can mark that down on here as well and then just put your name on that so that i know 
and I can go from there. So let's do some questions. Okay, we're going to do some questions and answers. I'm just taking over, Dad. <laughs> That's all right. So anybody have any questions of Jennifer? Yeah. In the uh, video, who was a blonde lady? Can you tell someone who... The blonde lady in the video is, her name's Julie. Her and her husband are the founders of Empower International. So they live in Chicago, um, and they go back and forth to Thailand and Burma and Pakistan, where we have bases, um, and just help us out when we need it. And they also do all the fundraising for ministry. I raise 100% of my personal support to live in Thailand and do what I do. But anytime we have projects, water wells, children's home, that kind of stuff, they raise all the money here in America for that. Yes? How do you feel helping all your children? Oh, I love it. I feel good. <laughs> it's exciting. And I, I love kids, so it's definitely what, what I live for. <laughs> Yeah, Norma. I need you to tell them about the caps, so maybe Morgan will want to crochet the caps that we give them at Christmas time. Okay. We give away, you guys make, um, like, beanie hats? Um, to, yeah. Yeah, we've given them away all over the place. We've taken them into Burma and all over Thailand. Um, I think we took some to Pakistan as well. So we've given those out. We're, you guys have made hundreds of them for us the last couple of years. We're trying to figure out trying to kind of figure that out with Luann right now. It's been hard to get him into the country the last couple of years. I've had to pay a lot of money in taxes, so we're trying to figure out a better way to get him there. But the people love them. We've given them to little babies all the way up to adults. Yeah. Anything else? Anybody else? Anything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Thailand is one of the worst places in the world for trafficking, both for the sex trade and for begging rings um, and just like slavery as well. It has one of the highest percentages in the world. So a lot of our kids um, in our we have different children's homes. I just talked about one today, but we have we have several throughout the country. A lot of the kids come from trafficking in some sense so we rescue them and bring them in and just get them out of that world um i don't know how much detail to go into because there's little ones in the service but it's a problem it's a really big problem um but i mean that's what we're there for so we just we have connections throughout the country with police and just different um people that let us know when there's a kid that's in trouble and then we go in and we just get them as soon as we can and bring them into the home so we have one home on the border that has about 90 kids right now and every single one of them is a high-risk child and that's such a small percentage of the problem um yeah you don't you don't well, most of the kids, all of the kids that we rescue are have been abandoned. Um, they don't have anybody that's claiming them, so we can just go in and take them. <laughs> take them sounds bad, but we just go in and rescue them and give them a home, and that's better than where they were before. Is there anything that comes to mind as maybe the biggest request that we can zero in on, along with you, but for the country too? Let's, uh, let's hold the answer to that because we're actually going to pray for her in just a second, and I'll, I'll have her share that, and then we'll pray specifically for that, okay? All right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
Do you guys get any retaliation like when you do grab or take one of those children from whoever is keeping them there? Yeah, we have um, we have one one children's home that's that's like hidden <laughs> I guess is the way of saying it so it's um, like the location is unknown there's we have safe houses for several different homes there's um, some some of the kids that we rescue come from bad situations in the sense that they have people controlling them and that will do whatever they can to get them back so we just have to hide them away we put them in a safe house for as long as they need to be some of the kids that we rescue um, are rescued out of a situation where then that that person is maybe in as like in a court or they're in some kind of situation, so we have to hide the kids away until that person is put in jail or whatever. So there is, um, and every situation is different, but we just pray protection constantly over all the kids. <laughs> yeah. Anything else? How much resistance do you get? Local. We um. Well, for local, it's kind of different. The local police and government in that sense gives us a little bit of resistance because um, the more kids, different areas are different, but the more kids that we rescue out of, say, the sex trade, that that um, that's what makes a lot of money for different cities. So as we're rescuing kids, the, their, their income's going down. So we get resistance in that sense. But the government... Um, like overall is actually pretty supportive of us. We actually have built quite a relationship with the government and they're, they're really supportive just of us helping their people. Um, so they don't stop us. They, they don't want us to share the gospel. They don't want us to do any of that, but they don't stop us because they know we're giving food and shelter and love to people who, would never, who wouldn't have it otherwise. It saves them work. <laughs> so. Maybe one more question. I think I saw a hand over here. Bill? Is there any kind of adoption program in, in that country for the children, or they stay with you for... Yeah, there's... Currently, there's not. Um, there are a few kids who get adopted from Thailand, but the majority do not. Um, it's sort of a pride issue with the government. They don't want to admit that they have a problem, and if they're adopting out kids, they have to admit why they need adopted. <laughs> so right now, it's all just kind of kept under the... under the. I don't know. I lose my English sometimes. You guys get it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty hidden. She'll be next door to answer more questions. I mean, as we're doing our uh, our dinner here in just a little bit, so um, um, she'll have a chance to answer any other questions over there. We just got to kind of watch our time here uh, for right now. So we'll we'll end it there. Did... This last year, you did a lot of schooling, learning to write, and talk, well, that, you guys can keep me in your prayers for that, just language learning. I didn't start actually formally learning the language until I was nine years in, which I would not suggest for anybody because <laughs> you learn a lot of bad habits and I speak a lot of slang and stuff. So um, now I'm actually learning grammar and the real rules of the language and reading and writing and all of that, and it's difficult. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, she speaks the language. I speak it like a... I, I can speak conversationally, but once I started learning it and I realized that all of my grammar was wrong or that I'm just speaking like the slang version of Thai, which works in the city, but 
it, I would rather know the real way to do things. Oh, well, that's just embarrassing. <laughs> um, I know. No, I'll teach you guys how to say hello. Cause that's, that's easy. So hello is sawatdi. Sawatdi. And you have to do the Y. Oh, yeah. Remember that? Remember that, everybody, just like this? <laughs> and as you say that, the, the women say... The women say ka, and the men say cup. So women would say sawati ka. And the men say sawati cup. And that's an ending to any sentence that you say. Women always say ka, and men always say cup. It's just, it doesn't actually mean anything, it's just polite. It's kind of funny to listen to because the ladies will just be going ka 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 at the end of her, and the men are going ka 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 ka. Yeah. yeah. But it's just kind of a, a word they throw in with any of them. Yeah, and if you don't say it, you're being rude. Being rude. So, huh. but just remember, sawadi ka or sawadi ka. Yeah. And always why. If you don't know what to say, just why. And the why is used even without those words. I mean, just to all the as, time as you receive a gift, you receive it with two hands, and you always. Thank the person that way with the Okay. Well, we gotta gotta get you over to dinner here in just a minute. So, uh, thank you. We want to pray for her right now. And so this goes with your question, uh, Craig. Uh, two two questions. Number one, what is the number one ministry need that we could be praying with you about? <laughs> you should have prepared me. I'm putting you on the spot. Sorry. Um, I would say just. As we are raising support to like put kids in school this year, we're just needing more funds. As we get more kids, we have to raise more money. So just keep that in your prayers. Because we want to put every kid in school. That's our goal. It's not to have any kids that don't have an education. And then what's your greatest personal need? Um, just pray for me as I'm building relationships with people. And the language goes along with that. Um, I'm really focusing on personal relationships right now and with everybody everywhere I go so just keep that in prayer I guess if that made sense